Welcome to That's Agritastic, the show that celebrates the scope and diversity of agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. Joining me today is my very special guest. It's Jason Comstock, advisor for the Ohio Helpers 4-H Club. And today, we're going inside the Ohio Helpers 4-H Club, and we're also going to look at the very unique Shooting Skills Program. Hey, Jason, welcome to the show. Good morning, Pete. Hey, thanks so much right at the top here for taking time out of your busy schedule to really give us a scoop on what's the story with the Ohio Helpers 4-H Club and also the shooting skills program that is very successful with 4-H. So appreciate that right at the beginning here. And what we like to do before we really jump into the main topic, we like to have some fun with our guests, get to know some background information. And I did find out some things about you this time that I didn't previously know in all these years. I did not know that you were an Ohio University Bobcat. I am, both my wife and myself. Okay. So what was your major? Was it computer science? It was. It took me a couple rounds of majors to, to get to the communication systems program, but that's what I finished my degree in and went on to my master's for that and work in the industry. And... Uh, and you started your own company at Clarity Technology Solutions in 2005, and you are the president of this highly successful uh, company. Going well for you right now? It is. There's always something interesting to do, especially in the days of all the cybersecurity risks that we have. And in addition to all of that, you have, for several years, had a small livestock operation at your home, I understand, with some poultry. We do. Um, more, you know, more hobby farm type stuff. We raise uh, chickens, turkeys, and hogs. Um, and we've had years where we've had 200 or plus birds at home. And this year was about 75, 80 birds that we had between turkeys and chickens. That's a lot of poultry right there. <laughs> a lot of trips to the feed store. I, I can only imagine uh, what that must be like. Now, when do you sleep? That's what I want to know. Between all of this and what's going on, when do you find time to sleep? <laughs> um, it's it's a pretty tight window these days. Though when we get to winter, we don't have as many animals. So I get to relax a little bit. And you have now, it looks like uh, a little over, it's been a little over 12 years that you've been involved in 4-H. Is that correct? That sounds about right. So I know you have a very interesting story about how this came about. Will you share that with our listeners? Sure. So we got into 4-H. And when I say we, I'm talking about my wife because she's an advisor in our club as well. Uh, she's She really is the driving force in our club. I help out where I need to help out because I still have a day job. But her, she grew up in 4-H. Uh, she was in Licking County, Ohio, and she was in uh, 4-H band over in Lincoln County and really enjoyed that experience, did it for years and years. And when we started having kids, she had mentioned, we're going to do 4-H. What's that? All I knew about it was band from hearing her experiences. I had no idea what 4-H was. I had gone to the fair a couple of times and saw the different projects, the livestock projects and the special interest projects. Uh, but it didn't really have a sense for what it was. So she said, we're going to start a club. We're going to do this and we're going to raise chickens. Great. I have no idea how to do that because I grew up in northern New Jersey, but I could see the New York City skyline. So to me, 4-H was a totally foreign concept. No idea what we were going to do there. Um, 
But we said, well, let's go after it. There's a lot of great resources and we'll figure it out as we go. And uh, 12 years later, we're, we're still doing it. We've expanded some activities that we do in our club. Uh, but Ohio Helpers is a club. There's a term called a variety club. So our 4-H members do a lot of different things. They do cooking projects and sewing projects, poultry projects, rabbits, um, cat projects. We've done a whole slew of things. And we do shooting sports, which we'll talk about shooting sports as we go through the conversation here. Well, here you are, 12 years, a little over 12 years into this now. It's just grown and grown. And I know it's been, in your case, a truly family affair with your kids having gone through the program as well. All of my kids have either gone through it or I still have two that are 4-H members and active in our club. And that has to make it a very special experience to have that shared time. It is. It is. And that's one of the reasons that we did 4-H early on, because it's something that as a family we could do together. It wasn't just a, an activity for the girls or an activity for my son. It was something that collectively we could do and have those shared experiences, us as advisors and our kids as members. In addition to uh, being an advisor for the Ohio Helpers 4-H Club, you became a member of the Union County, Ohio 4-H Advisory Board for eight years? Yes. Um, I was asked to participate in that board. And what the advisory board does is, is work with our 4-H extension agent, which in this case is Christy Leeds, just to help give her some guidance and a sounding board for what the direction of the program is in our county. And that board is made up of all different 4-H advisors. We also have 4-H members that are participating in this because they should have a say in the things that we're thinking about doing as a county. Um, and it has been a, a very good board just to keep us all moving on the same path. Excellent. Now, we could do a whole show on the next thing I'm going to ask you. But when you reflect back on those 12 years, and if you were to pick two or three really freeze frame moments that were really special that really stand out to this day what would they be well are i guess what? Are, are they countless <laughs> yeah well you know that's a that's a quick question so i guess i will say you know it's two that come to mind um first one is when we started doing shooting sports we had a member that was just very closed up just didn't want to really interact and participate. But as soon as we um, got them comfortable, and this was in rifle, and we got them comfortable and got them up to the shooting line, and they, they got off a couple shots and they got over the anxiety of the shots, you could just see the smile come out on their face. And they started to open up. And they really enjoyed that shooting sports experience and continued on for uh, several years in 4 H shooting sports. So that would be one. Uh, the other one is at our fair. This is the Union County Fair. At the end of the fair week, uh, there's a junior livestock auction. So all the 4-H members have the opportunity to take their projects to the auction and and people very generously, businesses and such are there to support the kids and buy their projects. Well, this was my first year of my son, who at the time was eight years old. And he was going into the show arena for the first time, you know, scary event for a little kid. Well, his sister, his oldest sister, and one of the 
um, a, another girl from a fo other 4-H club were coaching them on how you need to present yourself in the sale ring to help in that auction process. And they told them, you know, show your chicken, do the cute little eight-year-old boy kind of thing. And if need be, kiss your chicken. <laughs> he did that. He kissed his chicken and the bing went crazy after that. <laughs> um, and it was, it, it was amazing what somebody paid for a pen of four chickens. And that's still a story that gets talked about around our house. The idea of the auction. I mean, it's not, it, it, we coach our kids and 4-H members is you're not going to the fair just because you're going to sell your project and make some money. You're going to fair because you're going to learn and have all those experiences. That's just the icing on the cake. And an example I'll give from that is because my son hadn't done the auction before, he was getting coached by his sister, but also a member from another 4-H club. So they were collaborating to help him be successful at that event. And that's a lot of what I see happening at FAIR and between clubs is it's not competitive, it's collaborative. And there's a little bit of that competitive things going on. But if you have a 4-H member that's not comfortable and, sh and showing a chicken, there's three or four other 4-H members from other clubs that are going to step in to help them be successful. So really teaching skills for a lifetime, leadership, teamwork, decision-making, all those kind of skills come into play with the 4-H program. Now let's, let's back up here a little bit uh, for those that are not necessarily totally familiar with 4-H and the history itself goes all the way back to 1902. And here in Ohio, we have some claim to fame with that. Give us a little history lesson. So yes, um, 4-H started in Clark County, which is just west of us in, here in Ohio, and it started in 1902. Uh, it was really started as a program they called them Tomato Clubs. There was some different ag club names that were on there. Uh, but the idea was to be able to teach those agricultural skills to the next generation, being able to pass those on and have some structured programs around that. Um, so, so that started there in 1914, there was the Smith Lever Act. I think that name's correct. That was a, a federal uh, legislation that came out to really support extensions and cooperative programs across the country. And 4-H getting attached to that cooperative extension program is what has helped the program grow in all 50 states and countries outside of the United States um, over the years. Uh, because the what that does in, in Ohio, Ohio State University is the 4-H extension program. Well, that just gives so much momentum and critical mass to helping those programs run and be successful in the training and all those things that, that go into making a successful youth program. A.B. Graham, an Ohio State uh, associate professor, was, yes. uh, one of the, was considered the founding father. And now we have over 100 university extension services around the country that are providing that a primary support. Now, the membership itself is not just uh, rural, but it's also urban and suburban. It's spread across the board, correct? It is. It is. And each of the clubs take on the flavor of the communities that they operate in. Um, you're going to have rural programs that are more ag-based 
livestock based. You're going to have urban programs that are more special interest or what are also referred to as still project. So those might be your science and, and math type projects. You're showing your cooking, um, your woodworking skills, those types of things. There's just so many different projects that the 4-H members have an opportunity to participate in. Now, here in Union County, Ohio, we've always had, it looks like, between 1,000 and 1,200 participants on, on average taking part in, in the 4-H activities. And it goes all the way back, starting with Clover Buds, which is the preschool component of it. That's not been that long for that program, has it? Well, as long as my kids have been involved in 4-H, Clover Buds has been there in some okay. form. Um, it's meant to be a, a countywide program, sort of an introduction to 4-H, because 4-H proper, if that's the right terminology to use, is, is really third grade or eight up through the end of high school or when you turn 19 and 4-H age. Uh, so prior to that, the younger, younger kids, either they're involved in their clubs because their parents just drag them along, or there's some programs available for them through Clover Butts. And that gives them an, an introduction to what 4-H is. So when they move from Culver Buds to a 4-H club, it's not all new. They've had some exposure. They know sort of how the programs work and who the people are. Getting involved right at that early young age to grow their involvement as they get into school and into high school as well. So starting right at that level. With the 4-H program, uh, again, a lot of specific type of clubs. You mentioned that there's opportunities for uh, involvement in science projects, computer projects, clubs that are specifically focused on those different areas. Uh, now, and I know that the participants have the opportunity to select the kind of club that they want to be in. Uh, elaborate a little on that. All right. So in Union County, we have horse clubs, dog clubs, variety clubs, shooting sports clubs, uh, clubs that focus mainly on dairy. Uh, we have poultry clubs and it doesn't preclude the member from taking other projects. It's just that's where the club's energy is, is going to be. So, for example, in a horse club, everything they do, they're thinking about horses and showing horses and all the things that they learn um, of horse management uh, type of things. So sewing, there's, there's been sewing clubs in the past and um, cooking and baking clubs in the past. So it, it's really people sort of aggregate to that topic of interest and they have the choice. So the extension office in our county will help guide those families towards those clubs that make sense for that particular member. Let's move on and talk about the club that you are involved in, the Ohio Helpers of 4-H. Now, this has not been in existence for many years, though, has it? We started our club about 12 years ago. Okay. And how many members do you have right now? Right now, I believe we have 12 members. What are two or three examples of some of the projects they're working on now? Well, so we're in our off season for 4-H. So our, okay. se our season in Union County, and it's all driven around our fair schedule, uh, we typically will ramp up as a county starting in February with the pinnacle being the fourth week of July, which is our county fair schedule. And that's when the, the kids are going to show their projects and be judged on those projects. And then things wind down starting in August because people are going back to school and all those things happen. And from a planning perspective as advisors, we'll start in January just to 
plan out what the, the year is going to look like going forward. Now, this past year in our club, the projects that we did, so as a group project, this was an interesting uh, group project, we did a cooking knife skills course as a group project. So we, there's a, a local person, a, a guy named uh, Chef Kibby, that does a lot of different educational programs. So we, uh, we used him and his programs to help teach cooking knife skills. So they learn through a series of um, training scenarios, just, you know, how to cook, how to safely use uh, kitchen knives, what knife to use for what project, those types of things. Now, individually, our club members also took uh, sewing, did art projects, of course, did poultry projects. Uh, we had somebody bring a cat to fair. Um, we had some self-determined projects and, and what self-determines are. If, if there's a topic somebody's interested in and there's not a 4-H project already structured to do that, there's a template that they can use to build a project around that topic of interest. Excellent. Right now, we do need to take a moment to salute all of our outstanding show partners that make our program possible. That includes Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio, Liberty National Bank of Marysville, the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, Culver's Restaurant of Marysville, and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association. You'll find great products and services at all of our show partners. Well, Shooting Skills Program, a special program, as I alluded to at the very beginning of the show, is really starting to take off. And you have been very involved in this as an instructor and providing great technical support with this. So what sort of training did you have to go through first, Jason, to become an instructor in this program? Well, so let me give you back up a little okay. bit and give you a little history okay. about how Shooting Sports in Ohio works. And each state has a shooting sports program to some capacity. I can just tell you what's going on here in Ohio. So our program actually started up in the 70s, as, as I understand the history of it. And it, it really started from just adding additional youth development opportunities. So everything we do in 4-H is about youth development. Learn by doing is something that you hear quite often. So whether that doing is welding, woodworking, raising um, chickens or shooting sports. We all have that common focus of how do we develop the skills and comfort level of the youth as they move into the next season of life, they're, they're equipped to do a variety of things. So shooting sports in Ohio requires that we're all certified. So there's about 1500 certified shooting sports instructors across the state. As I understand it, Pretty much every county in Ohio has some flavor of a shooting sports program. They may not offer all of the disciplines, uh, but there is shooting sports activity going on. Now, when I talk about disciplines, what that would be is things such as rifle, shotgun, pistol, archery, living history is an example of a few of those. So go ahead. I was going to say, uh, and speaking of uh, those disciplines here, uh, if you could just give us a, a few little uh, snippets, if you would, of some of those skills and uh, some of the ones that you have taught. Sure. Uh, so I have taught rifle, shotgun, pistol, and archery. My last couple of years, I've been focused on pistol, on the advanced pistol shooters. And we set up a steel challenge course at one of the gun clubs here that's very generous to let us use their space and their equipment. Um, and, and that is for the 4-H members that have been in the program for a while and are looking for additional challenges 
to hone their shooting skills. Um, it, and it's all done with safety in mind. So that's, a, that's the thing I want to stress with the shooting sports is safety first and then the activity second. Now for that to happen, uh, as the shooting sports instructors, we have to go to camp. Basically we go to camp for a weekend down in Jackson, Ohio. Uh, there's a shooting sports camp down there where we all gather and we're going to go through all the different disciplines and safety programs. And it's, it's just drilled into our head because we need to drill it with the kids. If they're safe, they have the opportunity to grow and have experiences with that. And then of course we can continue with the program. Uh, so safety is always first and foremost, and this has not been an issue in the state of Ohio with all the, the kids that we have, what we have found is when they may goof off a little bit when they first get there, but as soon as they get up to the line and they're ready to shoot, it's game on. I mean, they, they're, they're dialed into exactly where they need to be. Um, the other interesting data point there is I was at a ceremony for horse safety, and this was a few years ago, and one of our local municipal judges was there. And just she was giving some comments about 4-H. And one of the things she said that has stuck with me for many years is the things that you learn here and the responsibilities that you gain um, make it so I don't see you in my courtroom. Because 4-H kids tend to be pretty busy with their projects and they're not getting in trouble where they're going to end up in court. So that that's was interesting to hear. But yeah, safety safety first. Um, you know, rifle or, or pistol has really been the one of focus lately, but I'm probably going to be doing archery this year. So what overall has been the most popular? Is it the pistol program? I would say, thinking about the judging schedule this past year, it was probably archery and shotgun were the two biggest draws that we had in shooting sports. Rifle and pistol weren't far behind, but shotgun and archery were the leaders there. Are there any uh, additional disciplines or any other things going to be added on in the next year that you are aware of? So we recently added crossbow uh, because there was an interest in that. So there was a certification that you can obtain for crossbow. Uh, we've had some people ask about muzzle loaders, uh, but we haven't seen that come there. For, there is a certification for it. We just haven't seen anybody say, yes, absolutely. I want to take it or as an advisor that we want to go get certified. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. And again, you alluded what the program does. But uh, when we talk about the shooting skills program, what are the things that you have seen it? Is it primarily instilling added self-confidence, decision-making, teamwork, responsibility, and, and as well as the skill competency? Is it all those things and more? I would say it's, it, it's all those things. Uh, they're, they're having to learn how to safely handle a firearm, how to, how to take instruction, how to be observant of the things that are going on, understanding the responsibility for what comes out of the end of that barrel is their responsibility. So they need to, to handle that appropriately. Um, so a whole variety of skills, but it just gives them a sense of confidence. Uh, we, we've seen a number of kids come that, you know, they had some anxiety about it. They didn't understand it. Same thing for parents. They, they wanted to do it, but they weren't quite sure about doing it. So they just needed to see it in action and then realize this is a good activity for my 4-H member. Excellent. Now, a little footnote here, and I recall uh, doing some research at this at one point, but I uh, came across uh, some research studies that have shown that involvement in the 4-H program does have a, market, a marked effect 
on positive uh, academic performance of the students in the school. So back to what you said a few minutes ago too, with it, again, the program teaches much more than just the physical skills and the leadership as well and responsibility, but it's all that together. So that's another major plus of the 4-H program too. It is, and, and whatever state you're in or countries, because there are 80 countries that have 4-H programs, I, I think the benefit for the 4-H member is they develop that sense of confidence because in some form they need to present what they have learned in our county in ohio it works through your county fair where you work your project then you take your project for judging and you have to explain to the judge here's what i learned and bring some things to show what you learned and if you do really well at that event then you go to state fair and now you're at state fair with all the other 4-H members from the state talking about the things that you learned. Now, from a judging perspective, we always coach the judges that this is an opportunity to learn. So it's it's really kind of an interview process of, this, of that 4-H member. And I've seen 4-H members year to year that maybe their first time at judging, they barely got above a whisper and the judge was struggling to listen to what that 4-H member said and, and really kind of pulling the questions out. But then they come back in subsequent years and they're more comfortable in doing that. And I've had judges say, because they've judged the same 4-H member multiple years, go, wow, I have really seen them grow year to year. And it helps them later in life. And I heard this from my own daughter who went out on a job interview and she's like, oh, it's just like 4-H judging, no big deal. I can talk about the things I need to talk about. And she was very comfortable in doing that. Well, that's a real testament to the overall quality of the entire 4-H program. Hey, when you look into that great ag crystal ball, I always like to look into that crystal ball and just wish we could just shatter it and see three to five years down the road what it holds. But when you look in it, what do you see really happening uh, 4-H on the local level? Do you see a lot of other changes or shift in focus or all or just continuing to strengthen the existing program? Well, I, I think we certainly need to be open to how the program adapts and evolves, because if you think about the program starting as a, a rural agricultural pass to the next generation, all that knowledge, well, we have a lot more urban influences and, and suburban influences. So people aren't going to really think necessarily about raising a dairy feeder or having a horse large animals, they, they can't accommodate that. But maybe they have a small flock of chickens um, or some other in skills and things that they're interested in. So the 4-H program just needs to be sensitive and adapting to those. And there's a, there's a lot in the tool bag from a 4-H perspective. When you look at the catalog of projects that are available, there are projects that work very well in an urban environment that have nothing to do with livestock husbandry. Um, so a variety of things you can do. Backyard gardens is very easy to do within the context of 4-H. If somebody is interested in becoming a 4-H volunteer or a member, I know they can contact uh, Dr. Christy Leeds at the Ohio State Extension here in Union County, Ohio, and anywhere in the country, I'd imagine uh, they can contact their local uh, extension services through their local university to get that information. Uh, what is your contact for anybody wants information that you can provide and what would be the uh, local extension contact website? So uh, for our local extension office, it's going to be union. The web address is union.osu 
www.union.edu. Again, that's union.osu.edu. And Christy Leeds is the main uh, contact there for the programs. Hey, what's the final message that you want to put out there about uh, 4-H? I would say the variety of opportunities for 4-H members is, is quite broad. Um, so there's some interest there that is going to capture the attention of a, a youth that is looking to get engaged in some way. Uh, it's been a great activity for our family over the years, and I continue to advocate for it because it doesn't divide the family up, which we have a lot of activities today that everybody's going 10 different directions and mom and dad are trying to sort out how do we get kids here, here, and here. And 4-H allows the, the family to be able to come around that and accommodate the variety of interests that may exist within the household. Hey, Jason, thank you again so much uh, for sharing your 4-H story with us and all the great opportunities that this program does afford. Hey, kudos to you for your over 12 years of dedicated professional service and your support to the 4-H program. Hey, I look forward to talking to you again and wish you the very best during this holiday season. A very Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you, Pete. Hey, and wrapping up, we'd like to acknowledge all of our great show partners once more. That would include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, a grassroots membership organization dedicated to strengthening and sustaining agriculture through policy advocacy, professional development, resource provisions, and outstanding customer benefits. Find them on Facebook at the Central Ohio Farm Bureau. And for more information, you can contact Melinda Lee, the organization director. That's Melinda Lee, the organization director, Lee at OFBF.org. Culver's Restaurant of Marysville, Ohio, offering mouth-watering value baskets featuring chicken cut and their famous butter burgers. You'll also find fresh daily custard products like concrete mixers, sundaes, and more. They're open every day from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can check them out at culvers.com slash restaurant slash Marysville dash OH. Welcome to Delicious. It's Culver's Restaurant. Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio. It's your one-stop shop for all your favorite Amish cheeses, deli meats, baked goods, fresh local produce, and just in time for the holiday, they have all kinds of candy treats, and I can personally attest to the quality of them. They are outstanding. They're open Monday to Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to order online. You can find them on Facebook at utsi'sfarmmarket.com. Utsi's Farm Market, it's worth the drive. Liberty National Bank of Marysville, Ohio, you'll find great rates for ag, commercial, and residential projects combined with exceptional personalized customer service. Check them out today at Liberty Bank Office Marysville and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association, cultivating a future in which sustainable and organic farmers thrive. Local food nourishes our communities and ag practices protect and enhance our environment. Now's the perfect time to become a member, offering mega benefits, including organic certification, educational events led by experts, and one-on-one -on -one technical support to grow or start your business. Go to oeffa.org. That's oeffa.org. Your support and patronage of all of our show partners makes a huge positive difference. Well, join us again as we continue our ag journey across the country and we look at farmers' holiday stress on the 16th of December with Dr. Phil Atkins of the Union County, Ohio Mental Health and Recovery Board. You can also follow us on Facebook at That's Agritastic for show details, ag announcements, and interesting ag information. Until the next time, this is Pete Emmons saying, make it an agritastic week. <laughs>